Hi, Stacy. Hello. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining the pod. I cannot believe that this is our first time chatting in real life. Y'all, wait, I'll, I'll let you like introduce yourself real quick. And then I have to tell them like the whole backstory that we just talked about two seconds okay. ago. Hi, everyone. My name is Stacy. I am a pre-licensed mental health therapist. Actually, I'm finishing my hours right now. Um, but I am your person for when it comes to mental health. Um, I've been doing this for about 12 years already, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty efficient in that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. So to give you guys a backstory a little bit about Stacy and I, we've been friends on social media for probably over a decade now or almost a decade. And this is the first time that we're talking in real life for the podcast about imposter syndrome. Like it doesn't get any deeper than this. It really doesn't. <laughs> she was just saying virtual pen pals. No, literally. So we're both finally in the Sunshine State together. She lives in Miami. I live in Orlando. So at some point we'll, we'll kind of get together and hang out and maybe do some future episodes too in the studio. Yes. Yeah, we'll do part two, part three. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that listeners are going to have some additional topics to suggest. So, tell us a little bit more about um, mental space with Stace. I know that's a page that you started not too long ago on social media, where you share a lot of really good insights. Um, and then we can dive into our first topic. Of course, yes. Yeah. So I am CEO of Mental Space with Stace. Um, I opened this company um, a few years ago, be right before COVID started, actually, because that's when I started doing my entrepreneurship with life coaching. And I started doing more life coaching with my internship. So I can also give people, you know, that don't have insurance and don't believe in therapy or things like that, um, a right. way to still kind of get some form of it. Yeah. So, uh, and that's actually been doing very well for me. I just still need to finish my internship hours for a therapy, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so mental space with Stace, it's just an overall access, um, window to mental health. So if you are worried about anxiety, depression, things like imposter syndrome, uh, even in families, like family dynamics, uh, I'm your go-to resource source basically. So I love that. I love it as well. And so <laughs> it's it's my baby. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing, especially with having access to uh mental health care and just someone that um can help you guide better um just next steps as it relates to your mental health, techniques, advice, a community, um especially if you're like, you know, a little unsure about it all. So I am excited to dive into the topic, highly requested topic of imposter syndrome. So as a mental health expert with many years of experience, you've had an extensive amount of uh, interactions and experience with helping individuals or I don't know, maybe through your internship and whatnot, overcome imposter syndrome and building self-confidence, which I think both kind of go hand in hand. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but Give us the tea on the prevalence of imposter syndrome and the impact it has on individuals in different settings, like work, school, or maybe even at home. So like, what, how does this impact people? Okay. So actually, um, Harvard did a study that about a third of Americans suffer or have imposter syndrome and 70% of people are actually going to have it in their lifetime. So wow. 
That's it's a lot. And it's yeah. mainly your thoughts. It's your energy that you bring into your head. And we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. So that one negative thought can easily turn into 20. And then that 20 turns into 100. And if you realize it's actually much easier to believe a negative fact than it is to believe a positive fact, because your brain is in that, um, it's in that comfortability state of like idle mode. And it's just whatever's negative, That's what it it chooses. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to imposter syndrome, that is the thought of I'm not good enough. Uh, I can't do this. Oh my gosh. They're way better than I am. Uh, what if I mess up? I'm definitely going to mess up things like that. So, um, building your affirmation list, I think is such a good start with that. Mm -hmm. Um, affirmations meaning like I am, great. I'm successful. I'm a badass. A lot of people will Google search affirmations. And I do think that's a good idea for help, but Mm -hmm. find your own affirmations, find your own strengths. What are things you are good at? Because if you're taking a list from someone else, it's not really yours. So you want to truly believe what you are, what you love about yourself. So usually I'll have my clients write down a list from one to 10 about their strengths. And then I have them write a list of one to 10 about like their pet peeves and things they don't like. And the pet peeves one is the easiest one to write. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Versus versus (laughs) the strengths. But knowing your strengths and that could be I'm a loving daughter. I'm an amazing girlfriend. I'm committed. I'm a great dog mom, things like that. So mm-hmm. just finding what it makes you, you and finding your difference. Mm-hmm. Um, also building your support system. Uh, a lot of things that come with lack of self-confidence, also lack of self-esteem is your environment. So right. knowing where you're at physically and mentally If you're around a bunch of negative people, you're going to be negative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So finding people that also give you your own feedback, like, hey, what do you see about me? And hearing them out, taking their feedback in and what five good things could you guys, you know, tell me about myself and kind of finding that in yourself as well and writing it down. So I definitely think having a support system um, for every one negative thought you have, I dare you to write five positive things down. I love that. Uh, it's, it's a little hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. And I will say to your thoughts, like I said, there's 70,000 throughout the day. Your thoughts, if you're just doing it at the top of your head, they're going to come and go. So it's best to write it down. I always um, recommend journaling. And mm-hmm. journaling isn't necessarily like, dear diary, this is how my day went. Journaling is just, it could be jotting things down that you just randomly think of throughout the day. It could be your affirmations, bullet yeah. journaling. So overcoming tips for that, definitely keeping the... Um, support system strong, keeping the positive over negative, um, Mm -hmm. and finding out your why, finding what makes you, you and knowing your strengths. Yeah, no, 100%. I, when I first started my self-confidence journey, I didn't realize how it really aligned with the imposter syndrome that I was experiencing, especially when you, it just kind of comes in waves. So every time I have like a new chapter or like, say I moved to Dallas and that was kind of like a huge moment for me where I had to reevaluate all the things. And I learned that a lot of these things that you mentioned of saying, Oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm never going to be this person, or I'm not smart enough. These are core beliefs that are subconscious and pretty much, um, 
I guess, initiate when you are in the developmental years of your life. And it takes a lot for you to reframe those core beliefs. So as you're like navigating this imposter syndrome, wherever it is, whether it's work or school or um, in life, just trying to be mindful of catching those thoughts because Otherwise, I wouldn't have known it's pretty much me in my brain thinking, oh, I'm literally the worst. And these are just thoughts that are just in, like drilled into your brain from childhood that you are n- not even conscious of. They're like subconscious, right? Correct. Yeah. No, that's extremely true. And the longer you're dealing with it, the bigger it gets. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like a snowball effect. Once yes. you, if you don't stop the snowball while it started, it's just going to get bigger and it's going to get harder to stop. So wow. since you know, now try to stop it now. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm very big on self-love and mindfulness, especially boundaries with my clients. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. boundaries are also a great thing when it comes to imposter syndrome, because like you were talking about, um, how it affects people in the workplace or at home or even yeah. at school, When you have imposter syndrome, you strive for perfection. You want to be the best. You want to be the fastest, like the most literate person. And the more you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears, sometimes that comes with disappointment. Sometimes that comes with burnout. And, you know, you have to know your limits. And uh, that's actually what causes anxiety and depression in students and people at work. Like they end up hating their jobs, quitting their jobs, trying to find something else. So you know, and it does lead to home life. So, mm-hmm. um, even as if you're part of four children, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's always the younger one trying to be just like the bigger kids and or, literally you know, me, I'm the youngest. Of four. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a thing in therapy. It's like yeah. older child syndrome, first child syndrome, like so things true. like that. So, so, so true. Yeah. And th- Knowing your limits, putting your boundaries there, um, that is very crucial. You don't have to say yes to everything if your job is telling you to work 50 hour weeks. And that was so that was my imposter syndrome when I first started um, my internship hours. I wanted to work as much as I can. I wanted to get these hours done. And they laughed at me and they were like, you're going to burn yourself out. And I go, no, I'm okay. I'm great. I was doing 45 to 50 hour weeks. I was working on Saturdays. I think I had one day off seeing nine clients a day. I developed the worst social anxiety, depression. Like I didn't want to talk to anybody. I had oh, to, man. I had to cut myself off cause I didn't know my limits. I was like, no, I can do this. I got this. Pushing oh yourself over. Yeah. Yeah. Into wow. exhaustion. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was my example of imposter syndrome. And you know, when you are like me, like I was considered one of the youngest therapists in my group so of course I'm like oh hey. my god I don't I don't have the experience that these but you wanted have. to like prove your prove to yes. yourself and to others like externally and as well exactly yeah. yeah and what was funny was that I actually was the only therapist especially being the youngest therapist that was the only one able to do telehealth with children and connect with them Oh my gosh, I love so, that. Even therapists of 40 years were like, here, take the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when you are not thinking about your strengths, that's where this imposter syndrome comes. So exactly. know your strengths, know the things you're good at and, and own it. Yes. Remind yourself of the strengths as well, because I was mentioning, mentioning to you earlier that 
I've hosted podcasts for my last job and I would have conversations and interviews with like C-suite tech people and like just really intense conversations about very niche topics. And I still get nervous about doing the podcast, my podcast. And so I was like, well, why can't I do it for myself? Why can't I have the Rosie Days podcast that I've always dreamed of having and interviewing people and talk with others about topics that I'm genuinely interested in? And it was a lot of battling the, you know how to do this. You've done this before on topics that you've never, that you didn't even know about that you had to like study. And why can't you just do this now? Just hit the ground running. And so like reminding myself about the things that I've done in the past to reinforce what I want to do in the future, which is hard to remember, you know, cause you get so caught up in like beating yourself up and all this stuff. Um, but I think through practicing this rewiring of the thoughts and reminding yourself of the affirmations and you're good and reminding yourself of the skills that you do have and setting the boundaries, which I think is really important. I don't think a lot of people think about that when it comes to imposter syndrome or like self-confidence, but how do we cultivate self-confidence when we're trying to reframe the thoughts as it relates to imposter syndrome, especially when the more you try to reframe the thoughts, sometimes you, you know, overcome the core belief that you're trying to rewire and sometimes you don't or like contradict it, you know? Um, So how, how does that work? So a lot of people struggle with, external validation and (laughs) so a big thing would be validating yourself so um moms get this all the time very random topic but mothers always feel like they did the worst job as a parent and yada 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 so even though we grew up the way we did um that this is something that I, I will always tell my mom clients is that no one has a manual, you know, to, to parents, to parenting. And, um, the way you teach your children to grow, um, it's also up to them to continue that. So understanding the things that you can control and the things that you can't control, that's crucial. So you can control, obviously not putting your kid in like a shack with drugs and stuff. So you can can control that sort of environment, but it's also up to them to continue that pattern. If they don't, that's up to them. That's not up to you. So um, the external validation is something that creates that bigger, that negative, um, I like to call it the the big dark cloud. <laughs> um, yeah. But learning how to validate yourself um, and knowing like, I like, again, that this is where the affirmations come in. Um, what makes you a good girlfriend, parent, dog mom, student, employee, what are the things that even got you t- to that role? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also th- knowing what works and knowing what doesn't work. So we know what we know. We know what we yeah. don't know. And sometimes there's things that we don't know that we don't know, but exactly. knowing that, th- knowing the things that actually work for you, cool, continue doing it. But there's things that 
you, you know, obviously aren't working because they're still ticking you off or making you sad or filling your head with, you know, BS. So what are those things? Stop it. Yeah. And people always say, oh, it's so much easier said than done. No, stop it. Right. And then find out what's not working. So if you, you know, want to go to the gym, but you're exhausted. Okay. Well, guess what? Going to bed at 11 PM every night isn't really it, helping. So stop that. Go to bed right. at 10, you know, if that doesn't work, you know, keep scaling back. So those are like two crucial things, learning how to validate yourself, knowing what works and what doesn't work. Um, and again, writing it down, writing it down helps when you are visual, when you physically are looking at what you're writing, it just, it's like your brain taking it in times 10 versus just right. thinking about it. Right. Yeah. I think, I think for those it's very important to look within and do the work. And a lot of people are, you know, really relying on, oh, you know, I'm listening to all these podcasts, I'm going to therapy, I'm reading all these books and all this stuff. But are you journaling? Are you really like externalizing what's going on internally, and really viewing everything for what it is, and then working from there. And sometimes myself included, it's hard to see the raw truth of oh, I'm staying up until 11 p.m. and I'm pissed as fuck that I'm not going to go to the gym, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, well, you're doing this to yourself, mm -hmm. yeah, bitch, you know? <laughs> and it's like, okay, so you have to look within, you have to do the work, you have to make sure that you're implementing the strategies that have worked for you, like you mentioned, and then just remove what's not. But it's really difficult when you're trying to start a habit and that takes time and it takes effort and it takes practice. Yeah. So, yeah. I think too that even when you are not doing the things that you want to do, you're creating a bad habit and a habit, whether it's bad or good, it's still a habit. So yes. no, yeah. And, and again, taking note of that. And I tell my clients all the time, it works if you work. Therapy works if you work. Life coaching works I if love you work. That. So I will give them homework and I tell them, you don't have to do it. I can't force you to do it. Right. It's out of my control. But if you don't do it, the process is just going to take longer. So you can read all these books. You can listen to all these podcasts. I'm a huge podcast girl. Like hey. I listen to them all day, every day. Yeah, um, me too. But a good thing is write down or take notes like what you're learning about that sticks out to you retain yes Re yeah retain there's so much information out there your brain's gonna eventually go through like analysis paralysis that you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna listen to all this stuff and just be like oh yeah i listened to that podcast cool what'd you learn um it's just like really good yeah <laughs> so yes really yes what's up <laughs> taking notes That's is so amazing uh I do it all the time um there's there's a podcast that I listen to that reminds me of yours actually it's called the the skinny oh. confidential and uh, obsessed and every single time there's so much information in there and I'm always on my phone since we are all on our phones <laughs> why not take notes okay you know, on your exactly. on your notes app <laughs> Yeah, it's right there. It's really not that hard. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, so I think we, you know, we dove into a little bit on the, you know, structure aspect of it, strict guideline situation. But let's talk about self-compassion and self-care when you're dealing with imposter syndrome. So trying to figure out the rewiring of the core beliefs and the things that you continue to tell yourself and you're under this dark cloud and you're battling your own habits. 
how do you implement self-compassion and self-care through the motion of all of this? So if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, if you're immediately just kind of going a mile a minute, the best thing is to just stop that saying, stop and smell the roses, stop. And for, for the ladies out there, do a skincare routine, literally Mm -hmm. just go in the bathroom, wash your face, you know, um, notice the way that the suds are going on your skin. That's just all this stuff is just going to pause in time. It's called mindfulness. So that's a mindfulness activity and, you know, putting your toner on, smacking the the toner on your face, (laughs) putting the lotion on, understanding how soft the cream is. If you have one that's scented, smell the cream, like all these things are going to kind of soothe you in the moment. And whatever you're thinking about, it goes from the front of your brain to the back of your brain. Um, I also think that if you're, this is the easiest exercise I can give anyone. So it sit down and look, it's called the five, four, three, two, one method. So you just see five things, notice them. Um, four is the things that you can touch, touch four things, notice how they feel. So if that's your cardigan, notice how soft it is or how rough it is, whatever. Um, three things that you could, um, how do I not know my senses right now? Oh my goodness. So <laughs> see, it's taste, touch, here, it's here. It's here. Okay. <laughs> Three things that you can hear and um, two things that you can smell. And then one thing that you can taste. So obviously, if you're not eating anything or drinking anything, use your saliva. Yeah. <laughs> but <the laughs> Maybe five, you need four, to brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah. The I'm five, four, three, two, one method. What that does is that it's really just calming your brain down. It's kind of just putting you in that like present low, moment. Yeah. You're lowering your cortisol, you're lowering your stress and you're just, mm. you're just right there right now. Um, and phoning a friend, you know, getting, getting your mind off of things. And so, cause when you're dealing with imposter syndrome, what imposter syndrome is are your thoughts. It's literally your negative thoughts bashing you. Think of it like a bully. So yeah. how do you stop a bully? You just don't pay attention to it. And so yeah. these are things to kind of help you. And they're more, like you said, more self-compassion and loving things. Um, so hopefully those work for you. If they That's don't, really good. Not everything works for everyone, but you can try. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's – well trying all the things, especially when dealing with imposter syndrome or anything about work, you know, working on your self-confidence and building your self-confidence, literally I will be willing to try anything. Um, but I do love the five, four, three, two, one exercise because it's kind of sounds like a form of meditation almost where you're like in the present moment, you're not really thinking or letting your brain over, you know, compensate and like think about all the things that are happening and your thoughts and letting like kind of let be being the passenger of your thoughts driving instead of you driving the thoughts so yes yeah I love that I'm gonna I'm gonna practice that I really like that five four three two one I love it every time I'm in my room I always do it (laughs) yeah I like that okay so we'll just make sure you have a little device line bubbly rosé as your first taste situation. (laughs) I got to send you one actually. Um, Okay. So we're getting close towards the end of the episode. Um, We talked about building self-confidence, overcoming imposter syndrome, and it's very essential for personal growth and success, of course. But 
Are there any kind of last minute tips or tidbits that you want to share um, now that we're kind of closing the episode? Um, like I said in the beginning, make sure that support network is prime. If you don't know where to start, write a circle um, down or draw a circle down and start branching out like who the positive people are in your life. If you don't really have any, look at other people um, that you are role models for you. Why are they your role models? What makes them stand out to you? And start using um their motive you start using them as motivation so there's a a few celebrities too that have had imposter syndrome um tom hanks lady gaga serena williams and one thing that tom hanks actually said and this is a guy who's been an actor for yeah ever big time he actually did a movie road to perdition uh with paul newman another older actor in his time and he was like the best thing I did every single day that I went on set. I dunked my face in a bucket of ice, Ooh. <laughs> ice water. And I was like, okay, but that's what calmed Shocking. him down. Yeah. Yeah. Lady Gaga, she had um, imposter syndrome dealing with the fact that she didn't even believe she was such a big pop star. She was like, I, I'm like this loser kid in my school still. Like that, that's oh how I gosh. feel. Um, and you know, she has to wake up every morning and remind herself, like, I'm the best pop star of today. Like, yes. Um, Serena Williams being a tennis star. She didn't even think she deserved to be on the court. And now that is so crazy. Her affirmation is I am Serena. So, you know, these are, <laughs> yeah. these are the things that just motivate you to just be like, wow. Yeah. Like if I'm ever feeling down, like I am whatever your name is, like you are the person Period. of your life. And, you know, <sighs> why have a bad day when you can have a good day? Okay. You know? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. I love that. And great examples with just like leaders and like big, important people, celebrities that are literally experts in what they do fucking serena williams the greatest of all time like she even has imposter syndrome so yeah yeah. oh my gosh i love that okay thank you so much for joining me as a guest i can't believe this is already over but i have so many other topics that i would love to chat with you about you have just a wealth of knowledge in this area so so many doors for other conversations i know we really did. And I'm so, so, so excited. So thank you for sharing your valuable insights. You're the greatest and the best. So tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and anything else that you want to plug. Okay. So I have my Instagram page for mental health. It's mental space with Stace, um, S-T-A-C-E. And um, yeah, I just want everyone to know that it is doable everything you want is doable whatever you have going on notice the negative write down the positive love that all right i love that thank you so much and i can't wait to have you on again me too bye you're the best bye Bye. you are too okay